Hello all, uh, this is Tom. Wanted to quickly introduce the episode today. Um, this is a conversation uh, with Miles and myself about empathy and enablement, um, both with other people and with ourselves. Uh, kind of a weird episode. Miles and I were both not feeling well, but we made it through, and I still think it was a pretty uh, decent and important conversation, so I hope you all enjoy. Uh, any feedback, we'd love to hear it. You can uh, provide feedback wherever you listen to this podcast or on our Facebook page. And yeah, hope to talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right, so I'm learning to let it go a little bit before it, it, I actually think it starts recording. So I think we're good. <laughs> I, I think so. It says it's recording on my end. Maybe we'll have this fun conversation every time about whether or not it's recording. Wouldn't, wouldn't, isn't that great? Don't people want to listen to a podcast where we talk about podcast stuff for the like beginning seconds of it? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Conversations for a better life. Tom and Miles back again. (laughs) This is another, oh my God, I hate it. I hate so much about it. All right. Well, we're here. We're having a great time. We're alive. Um, Still. Yeah. (laughs) Still, still alive. So that is good. I guess I should start. Like, how how is your day? I don't feel like jumping right into uh, our conversation, into our topic. So I'm just gonna ask you how you're doing. How was your day, Miles? Anything crazy happened? Uh, nothing crazy happened, but it was it was a pretty hard day for me. I'm I'm really tired, and uh, I'm I'm ready for Friday, and it's Monday, so yeah, that's, that's kind of bad. Uh, but yeah, I um, I'm just trying to mellow out tonight and not really have too much stress in my life. How was your day? Also very tiring. I am also, yeah, like a long day. I'm also very tired. I'm I'm super over cell phone providers, like wireless providers. I think they're all terrible. I spent the, like a good portion of the day trying to figure out stuff with my phone. And I'm just convinced that they're all just terrible people. The free market has failed me. Uh, competition does not work. All of these these phone providers are in with each other i hate it thank you for so, saying that um i want you to remember that when you and i discuss politics next time well <laughs> here's quick tangent the reason why it doesn't work is because it's not actually a free market it's an yeah. oligopoly yep. and it's and it's government sponsored which is yep. also the reason why this is an issue see miles we could have just talked about politics and it would have been <laughs> way more interesting uh I, I don't I don't I don't know if we have enough episodes under our belt to discuss politics quite yet. Really? Uh, especially considering under our how, under our No, go ahead. I was saying, especially considering how how very vastly different you and I think. Um but so uh, you think that more episodes will do what? Will make the audience more comfortable? Will make you and I more comfortable? Like what is it that needs to happen? I think a, I mean I think you and I are comfortable talking to each other about most anything. I mean I I, I don't really have much uh, restriction when I talk to you, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I think maybe a discussion like that is just too much for people to want to listen to at this particular point in time. Um, oh, just like in history, like we're what you're saying is we shouldn't have a political podcast at this point in history. Is what you're saying? I mean that, and I think if we like get more episodes in, we might add to our credibility a little bit before we start mm-hmm. shooting from the hip. You know? Gosh. Just me, though. No, I mean, that's... I think... 
So to segue a little bit into what I was going to start talking about, um, I think that when it comes to politics, you need to develop a little bit of uh, goodwill. Yeah. Um, because I think it's very easy for people to, um, you know, just to kind of put you into a box and to assume what your motives are uh, yep. based upon the kind of, you know, the camp that you identify with. And so what we're going to talk about, I think, tonight is a little bit about empathy and a little bit about uh, how maybe empathy can sometimes go a little bit too far and where the limits of these very positive virtues are. Um into potentially enabling somebody in something. So I want to talk, I've been wanting to talk about empathy for a long time and I kind of always bring it up, but I'm going to give, can I like, since we (laughs) haven't discussed this a lot, can I go into my brief like thing? Can I give you my thesis statement on empathy? Yeah. Can, can, can it be in domestic form? Meaning what? (laughs) Um, Domestic form, like give, Give an argument and then counter arguments and then refute those counter arguments. I'm joking with you. Do do what you have to do. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, am I supposed to have? I have like arguments and counter arguments for. Um, I think that's what this whole thing is. Anyways, empathy. Anyway. I think it's. I think it's like the only thing. Um, I think it's empathy. You know, so let's let's define our terms here quick. Empathy. You know, to. To uh, intentionally feel to have a um, to take on a similar feeling to what you believe someone else is experiencing, right? So, as opposed to sympathy, which is an experience that you maybe can't relate with, yes. empathy is about taking on the um, the experiences of someone and relating it to something that you also feel. Um, yeah. I think empathy is the only way that we form meaningful relationships. Um, I think it is the only way that you establish trust with somebody mm-hmm. and that you uh, camaraderie and and pretty much anything else. And I think especially when we, as we were talking about politics, like you need you need to meet people where they are at in order for to have a any kind of chance at converting like their mind about something so significant uh, like politics uh, or about anything. And uh, meeting people where they're at is an empathetic uh, stance. So that's my whole thing is that empathy is like everything. And I think it has applications not like not just interpersonally the way that I just described, but also like on a communications level. Like, you know, you know, it's like let's say that you're someone that wants to convince somebody of something. But and then I think, you know, it can keep going like. Maybe it's like the way that you should like do sales is like being empathetic to people's needs, all this kind of stuff. So um, I think it's a superpower and I think it's also incredibly vulnerable and hard. So um, that's my thesis statement. My my concern about empathy, especially in my life, is that it can lead to, um, for me, a bit of passivity and an an unwillingness to call something as I see it because I kind of want to see where it's going and I want to see how my experience relates to it. Um, And I think it can going too far. It can lead to types of enabling behavior because the person that you're empathetic with, um, you might identify with their experience so much that you let a lot of things slide, things that maybe are really damaging for that person or for other people. Sure. Um, I'll use a quick example and then I'll get off my soapbox and I can hear from you. Um, I had a very close friend that I uh, became very close to because we both struggled with mental 
issues. Mental uh, both had se- pretty severe depression, and my connection with this person um, made it so that I kind of looked past a lot of really negative behavior, um, and it ended up destroying a lot of friendships. Not that I like participated in destroying them, but that I was uh, a passive party to a lot of people being hurt because I. I felt for this person so much. So yeah, that, that I'm, I'm very aware of how empathy can go too far. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to discuss. And I, I think there's places we can go from there. So my, I've been talking for six minutes. What do you have to say on this topic? Hey Tom, I'm still here. Um, so, <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually really agree with everything you said. There, there's, um, there's a lot of difficulty in not becoming a relativist when you're empathetic um, for lack of better terms, because like you said, you, you can get into that sort of realm of like, um, like, like we discussed in the first episode, doing mental gymnastics mm-hmm. in order to justify things. Right. Um, but I think there, there's sort of a, a double-edged sword there because then you start to get into this like weird, mode where you're like an evangelist trying to convert people yep it's, you know and and that's not what that's not who i want to be you know um so if i see your flaws i mean i can acknowledge them and try to help you with them but in the end of the day if i try to like convince you of something then i'm trying to make you more like me or i'm trying to change who you are and i wonder how much we can actually love a person if we're trying to change who they are um oh man that goes into a whole thing right because yeah. <laughs> If you love someone, don't you want what's best for them? Yeah. And if you love someone, doesn't that mean? And if what, maybe what's best for them is for them to change. Maybe. <laughs> you know. Says who though? Um, right. 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 And I, I can I can see that, but at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this is contextual too, right? Like, um, you have different responsibilities and different. Um, means and methods of persuasion depending upon your relationship with someone and you know like uh, you know uh, let's go back we love talking about your family here miles let's go back to your family like don't you have a a somewhat of a responsibility to form you know the lives of your children like it's you because you care about them um so I guess it's maybe that's an unfair comparison. I don't know, but I'm, I'm certainly there are are times where we deem it appropriate and necessary to influence someone's development or who they are, who they are becoming or will be or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and for me, that's, I would err on the side of caution personally. Right. Um, but I also, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and, so let, let me give you an example. I had a friend who went to a Bible college somewhere in the South because all the Bible colleges are in the South. And um, uh, this friend told me that they took classes in like rhetoric and being like tricky with your words so that you can convince people to believe in Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I just was like appalled. <laughs> I was like, you, you actually like learned that? Like that's a thing that you're, like proud of and because because that that kind of level of like subversion in in your interactions is just so repugnant to me um because it, do, it doesn't become about the person's well-being because it's about you influencing right and and um i think what sort of 
becomes tricky with people like you and me is that, I don't know if you're like me, but I really am hypersensitive to people, what they say about me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I used to, before I was taking lithium, I used to be really paranoid about my wife thinking that she was like trying to manipulate me into doing things or, you, you know, and just, you know, not healthy thinking, but I, I kind of see how like, uh, a person who is unhealthy would be really sensitive to that and they'd be more inclined to listen to a person if they said something um, about their behavior. And, and, and th- then we get into like, what is those appropriate relationships? Right. Right. And, and at what point in time does it become okay? And what point in time is it really inappropriate to like try to fix a person when they don't really need to be fixed? Because I don't know about you, but I don't got my shit together. So I feel really weird trying to tell a person to live, live a better life yeah. because I, I don't really have my life together myself. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you just said that that resonates with me. Um, The biggest one is that I view another big thing for me is is humility. Like um, one of the reasons why I use empathy as kind of a default is because I don't really presume that I know what's best for you. Um, In fact, you know, I was thinking about it kind of the whole thing of this podcast is kind of interesting because neither of us are are mental health professionals and so if if this podcast is designed to be like i I was thinking of who this podcast is for right and i think we've talked about this a little bit like you know is it for people that want to understand what it's like to live with mental disorders is it for people with mental disorders and if it's for people with mental disorders, it's certainly not because we are pract- uh, practitioners that have any kind of particular clinical experience. Um, like our our selling point is that we experience similar things that you do if you also have a mental disorder. Right. And so like I'm relying heavily on this idea that if we share a common experience, we can come to some larger truth together. Not that I have everything figured out and therefore here is the ways that uh, you should live your life because, you know, because I understand everything that, because I understand the complexities of the human spirit and everything else. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think humility is is a huge part of this conversation that, um, I, I rely on empathy because I think that, um, yeah, because at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is like, um, like I don't know if help is even the right verb. Like I'm trying to connect with people. I'm trying to connect with you. I'm trying to connect with the audience um, in a way that is therapeutic for me and hopefully therapeutic for them, if only because maybe it's a similar voice and a similar experience. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand our, our, the way that I handle that idea of, like, I don't know everything is to rely heavily on humility, which I think uh, coincides very well with empathy. But once again, humility <laughs> and empathy in that context can lead a lot to that enabling behavior. Because if it's like, oh, you know, maybe I don't, you know, I don't really know what is uh, best for this person in this situation because I don't know anything and I feel and I feel for them immensely because we share a similar experience well that is a recipe for letting all sorts of behavior slide you know yeah. and and allowing a and not just allowing a person to you know impact you negatively but also to, to like really destroy themselves and other people's lives so yeah 
and I guess, I guess that's what I'm kind of exploring in this topic is like, where are these, um, like, wh- like what is the, the variable that makes these things healthy versus unhealthy? I think about that a lot when it comes to mental health uh, definitions in general. It's like these similar behaviors exist in, you know, healthy, neurotypical, as you love to say, people. Um, so what what is the key variable that makes this damaging in me but positive in another person? So it's like what is what is the when does this empathetic behavior when does it become you know um, when does it when does it become enabling or is that a one to one transition? Is it is it all contextual? Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I'm exploring. So right. Um, so. You just did and I the, demand that you and I demand that you understand what I'm saying and that you have yeah. some kind of very good nuanced counter statement. You, yeah. you, did, you just did the last chapter of Gatsby again, right? Like that's that's um it's a lot to dissect. Um, get on my level, Miles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying real hard. Um, <laughs> I would I would be quick to point out that um, I think trust is a big part of it. Um, and, and depending on whether or not there's trust in the relationship, it can either be really positive or really negative. Um, and that is a huge co- component for me when it comes to like trying to influence behavior. And that doesn't really have much to do with empathy, but it has to do with like how we conduct ourselves within mm-hmm. an empathetic situation. Um, so, so trust is, is big, but also like my like trust is a tricky thing at a, I, we can go down a huge, deep, deep, deep rabbit hole here talking about trust. Um, I think we have talk, talked about it before, but I wonder when, on the flip side of things, when it's appropriate to trust people or it's not to trust people. Yeah. Um, with, with, with that power in our lives. Um, we can well, come back to that if you want. Well, I mean, I'm now I'm interested in this idea. I mean, I feel like it's always i feel like the only time that it's not a good idea to trust people is when it's not a good idea <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like um uh trust is a necessary component of relationships and it might be the thing that like um opens you up the most and makes it, it's like the the gasoline of a relationship and that that gasoline might be like you know uh being put in at exactly the right time in a uh, six-cylinder engine, and you're speeding ahead, or it might be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a it's an incredibly powerful mechanism for vulnerability that is either the building, like the foundation of a healthy relationship, or the complete like opening to be screwed over by somebody. So yeah, yeah. I it's I guess it's just more like the I I don't. I don't I don't know if this is what you were getting at. Like, I don't think I think the only time like trust, the only time you shouldn't trust somebody is when they're not trustworthy people. And you don't really know whether or not someone's trustworthy or not. Like, ever. Right. Can, yeah. Right. Ever. You don't like you don't know right now. <laughs> um, I think about that a lot, like being in a I probably shouldn't say this. Um being in a position where I have some control over like people's lives at my job, um, like people don't know, like you, 
you put a lot of trust even just in your in like the people that you work with you know that they're like not like secretly screwing you over and like embezzling money or like undermining you and all this other stuff so um you know tr- trust exists at at all different levels so and yeah you're right you don't you you never really do know um so yeah and i don't have i don't have a very good way of deciding who uh, is trustworthy or not except for um you know giving people little bits of opportunities uh you know to be trustworthy so yeah yeah i um yeah i'm i kind of do things the opposite way i kind of jump in head first and then wait to be hurt <laughs> um and it's paid off sometimes mm-hmm. backfired a lot of times too uh, yeah so yeah, i don't know um go ahead i'm sorry you no, I, w- I was going to transition into a, into, uh, a different area. So if you have anything about this, then, then go ahead. No, please go ahead. Okay, cool. We're going right along, Miles. This is a great podcast. We're feeling wonderful tonight. Um, no, so uh, this, this like dichotomy of, uh, of like the power of empathy and the danger of enabling. Um, the other way that I think about this quite a bit is how this relates to myself. Like... Um, uh, I keep and it's interesting. You you might be the person to talk to about this since you seem to be so uh, personality wise so different than me. Like I constantly, I'm very self critical, right? So my natural state is to judge myself and to be very hard on my failures. And the like um, the counter mechanism to that. That I try that I often try to employ is patience with myself. Like, hey, you didn't do everything you wanted to do, or maybe you like slipped backwards a little bit, but it could have been worse. You're you're trying to make progress in general. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint when it comes to your life. Like, um, you know, it's basically it's okay where you're at and you you are you are showing yourself signs that you actually really are trying to get your life together. Um that can very quickly, and I think that's a very healthy thing, I, I hope, that mentality, um, that can very quickly lead into a kind of self-enabling where you say, oh, I messed up and it's not a big deal. Oh, you know, I could go out and challenge myself. I could, you know, I could go and do a podcast with my friend Miles. I could uh, practice my guitar and I, I could do all these things. But I'm not going to, and that's okay because I'm making progress in general. Um, and so I, I always have to be hyper vigilant as to um, the the balance between being patient and empathetic with myself, um, and at the same time pushing myself forward and not being um, satisfied with, with the way things currently are. So yeah, yeah. I imagine you are very different in this regard, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm kind of similar um, in some some ways, but there's some things that I am not similar in. Uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, I probably didn't even didn't, didn't even need to say that. Um, I I get pretty critical too, but I usually am really bad at forgiving myself. So. Um, instead of like patience, I kind of funnel that into like obsession. <laughs> um, and okay. uh, I kind of funnel that into like a lot of work. Uh, I don't, 
I don't know if you remember me in college, but I have a very obsessive personality. Like there's a lot of things I just get really, really, really into and I have a hard time letting them go. Right. And, and uh, self-improvement is one of those things where like, I'm just kind of big. It doesn't mean that I, I do it well. It just means that I'm constantly thinking about it, you know? Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like I'm critical a lot, but I don't really feel badly about it because I kind of distract myself with other things. Um, so do you ever have this struggle that I'm describing, which is, am I being too gentle with myself? Like, do you uh, ever have that concern? Um, yeah, I mean, laziness is, is, is a big part of it. Like, and getting better, like, how, how do you ever really <laughs> let go of the reins, you know? Um, so, so for me, like, I can kind of sit on my laurels and kind of will away my, like we talked about with Bourdain, I can kind of will away some of the consequences of my actions. Um, and, and I don't like that. And I try really hard to like cognitively disengage that thinking. Um, can you remind me? Cause I'm, I'm, cause I thought I understood what you were talking about. And the more you said it, I didn't. So when you say will away the consequences of your actions, meaning that you could justify the, the consequences yes. or that yes. you could, but justification in what sense, like that it um, would have happened in any ways that it couldn't have been avoided, that it's okay that it happened. Like what, like, what are we talking about here? I think for me, it's more like it's okay that it happened when a lot of the times it really wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. um, especially dealing with my family. Um, you know, I'll snap at the kids and I'll be like, it's not a big deal. And my wife is like, your kids are scared of you. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what, what might seem like not a big deal to me is actually a big deal to somebody else. And I think that that selfish component of bipolar is extremely difficult for me to... Um, get better with mm -hmm. uh and that's um kind of always constant like my, my dad was like that too just a very selfish person um mm -hmm. I, th I think i get that from him so um you know the 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 idea of like not thinking about myself like like I, when we first got married i used to um you know we'd have like money set aside for something and i'd spend it on myself and my carrier would just be like, what the hell <laughs> um and you, you know i wouldn't even think about it you'd just be like this is what I did. Um, right. And that's, that's getting better. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm asking your question here. I, I just feel like there's, well, I guess like I, I, I like, I, I asked you the question to explore what you were talking about, but I, I don't, I'm still, I guess my, my over analytical, um, process extends even to the application of that over analytical process. Yeah. Meaning like how much of this is good? How much of like the, the weighing all the ones and zeros on my mental abacus of deciding, is this okay to do or not? How much of that is healthy? Um, like my, <laughs> uh, my sister, uh, Julia would, I think, I actually really want to get her on the podcast because um, her perspective is so different than mine. Like she she would go along the lines, I think, more of what you are saying, but less in a justification kind of way. She would just be like, it happened. It was just a thing that happened. So, like, don't put a lot of energy and thought into it because there's nothing you can do about it now, essentially. And it led you to the place that you're at now. 
So, sure. oh, well. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think about that all the time. Like, I'm, so I have this, like, I, I'm constantly worried about, like, overdoing things. Like, uh, meaning uh, committing too much to things or uh, saying that I'll do something that I really can't follow through on. Like, this week, uh, I have a lot going on, and I usually have nothing going on. And uh, part of me is so happy about that because they're all things that I want to do and all things that are important to me. Um, But I don't know if I'm actually going to have the energy to do all of them. And my choice of, like, who I'm going to end up canceling on um, is like me deciding like what is the healthiest thing for me in that moment and it feels just um it feels like just another extension of like my anxiety which is like trying to come up with the perfect like plan in every moment to maximize whatever thing i'm trying to do and so yeah i don't know how much of that i'm supposed to like turn off and not care about I don't know if I should like, I don't know, maybe just be more honest with myself about it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I was, you know, I, as I, once again, to battle my depression, I've had to become more, um, I've had to become more lenient with myself and I've had to become more understanding of like, hey, you, if you are finally addressing these some of these things after like a decade, it's not going to like just magically get better overnight. You know, you have to have patience with yourself and you have to like really treat yourself as like a person like out, like outside of yourself that you like that you care about. And that's like struggling with something. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I am as my own gatekeeper, <laughs> um, that's a really a dangerous place to be in you know it's like because i know myself so well i know you know kind of what you were saying like the mental gymnastics of trying to justify um different types of behavior and a lot of it is i wouldn't call it laziness i think i just get like overstimulated um Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed and i just my instant reaction is i'm i'm done uh i'm I'm not going to deal with this anymore and some of that i think is healthy and some of it i think is incredibly self-indulgent and destructive um I guess what I'm saying, Miles, is I need a therapist. <laughs> we all do. Don't worry about it. <sighs> so, yeah. So, can, can can I go back to your what you said in the first three minutes? Please do anything. So, about all of that, um, that, that, um, there's, for me, the definition between a functional or an adaptive and a maladaptive behavior is, uh, I guess my definition of a healthy or an unhealthy behavior is whether or not it's adaptive or maladaptive, right? Mm -hmm. Which sounds really obvious, but um, that differs from person to person. I think it's pretty obvious to say as well. So um, if I were, so right now I'm sitting in front of a wet bar, right? And there's probably a solid 30 bottles of liquor in this wet bar in front of me. And if I were to make myself a drink and make a screwdriver and consume it, it would not be a big deal, right? Just having a drink, Monday night, hard day, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if my, da- if my dad were to be here, it would be a totally different story because my dad was an alcoholic. And, you know, it, it's a much different um, – uh, there's a much different gravity to it, right? 
Mm -hmm. So, so for me, having a beer, uh, a drink would be an adaptive behavior for him. It would be maladaptive. So when it comes to worrying about stuff, um, I, I wonder where the adaptive maladaptive line is because everyone worries. That's a good thing, right? That's, that's what keeps us organized. That's what keeps us ahead of the game. That's what keeps us employed and, and, and vigilant. But when it becomes right. overwhelming and it starts to interfere with our life and make our life uh, uh, incompatible with those thoughts, that's when we start to get into the maladaptive route. And then we start to get unhealthy. And then, as you say, we need to see a therapist. So, you know, I mean, he... I... go ahead, sir. Well, yeah, I mean, so I have trouble with these questions because they end up, I think, boiling down to some of the same points. Um, yeah. Because ultimately we're going to start having a conversation about what's good. And I think yeah. like your whole like I, I, I don't know. I, I personally don't find the adaptive maladaptive thing particularly interesting using that phraseology. Um right. Just because for me, um, what it seems to imply is that different solutions work for different environments and different people, that there yeah. is not a one size fits all. But when you are looking at a at a sample size of one, which is yourself, that that nuance becomes less important because I, I don't need to be an expert in how all people should handle a given situation. I just need to be an expert in how I handle a given situation so that's that's why to me that that the that paradigm is i feel less helpful for my own issues because i um when it comes to what's good in general i can become more distant and humble and uh, open to different solutions i am acutely aware of um the kind of things that derail me so yeah that's i don't that that's why I, I struggle with some of that language when it comes to trying to find a healthy balance in all of this stuff because I, I understand that it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. Um and yeah, and and I think um I wish <laughs> some of the reasons why I kinda just wish that I had um why I just had like hard and fast rules because I do think that although my analytical um you know, mind is, is a good thing. And I think it's helped me in a lot of ways. I think that when the subject is myself, I'm a very poor judge. So, um, yeah. if I had, if I had an external and either an external, uh, you know, arbiter of my behavior or like hard and fast rules that I do not create and I don't get to judge on, that's what I usually look for because then it's like, I have to interpret what's best for me at a given moment. Cause I think that I'm a pretty bad judge of that. Um, but maybe I'm not, I don't know. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot too, you know, um, like, am I really such a bad judge of my own character or am I just weak in my implementation of that judgment? Meaning that I usually know what's bad for me. Um, I, I just am uh, hesitant to be so heavy handed with myself. So I don't know. I think I've I've said that same phrase now a couple times. So that yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. Like like you, you're, you're. I think I think for me, like having a, having a norm based reference is healthy. 
um, because that kind of tells me where I'm at and what my expectations are. Um, but you're right. I mean, like it, it's intensely individualistic, but I can't help but compare myself to the people. I don't know. I don't know, man. My head hurts. I I agree, Miles. My head hurts. I don't know. <laughs> what a fun experiment this has been to see if we can still podcast when we feel like shit. Um, I think it's been productive. <laughs> I think it's went a lot better than I than I uh, expected it to. Yeah, yeah. Of all the podcasts that we have scrapped, this is definitely the best one. I don't think <laughs> we should scrap this one. <laughs> Out of all the losers, you are the best. It's, it's, it's the silver it's the silver medal of losers <laughs> there you go okay well I, I i hope if you lasted until the end that you enjoyed this i hope the people that i called out by name don't mind me doing so um <laughs> uh yeah i look forward to seeing you all later um as a catchphrase miles how do you feel about i can't wait to um to for you to join in the conversation is that too corny or is that like is the can that be a catchphrase that i start weaving into our podcasts no i'm, I'm asking you on air for an honest judgment go for it i think i think it's i think it's witty go for it i can't wait until next time when you guys join the conversation <laughs> okay <laughs> all right have a good night <laughs>